just a 10-minute light rail ride from the heart of Denver on the fifth floor of the Lamont School of Music, there is a rose. It is 10 feet tall and wide and hewn from stone. The panes of glass set into the petals bring the glorious Rocky Mountains into view. On the other side of the glass, Lamont musicians sit down to discuss the world of music behind and beyond that window. This is the Rose Room. Welcome back to The Rose Room. Today, I will be talking to Kim Stanish, mezzo-soprano, graduate student at the University of Denver, and yoga instructor. Kim, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here and just talk about yoga and music and musicians and hear your perspective. Absolutely. So I want to start out with kind of a baseline question. It's since yoga is so trendy today, People have, most people have a general idea of what practicing yoga looks like. That idea, though, is often shaped more by gym classes and YouTubers than tradition. What does yoga mean to you? So yoga to me is all about gaining a deeper sense of awareness and a deeper sense of self. There's so much more to yoga than just the poses, also known as asana. There's actually eight whole limbs of yoga and poses, the yoga poses themselves are only one of those limbs. And I found that the practice of yoga overall, not just the asana, has been so transformative in my life, in my music journey, in my life journey, um, which I'll speak on in in a little bit here. And I'm just speaking from my personal experience, of course, of like the westernized yoga traditional practice and intentions of the traditional practice were a little bit different than you know, the westernized version we see today. So I guess in summary, yoga is so much more than the poses. There are eight limbs of yoga and the asanas are only one of them. Can you tell me a little more about maybe one more of the limbs? Absolutely. So there's the first two limbs basically kind of give you principles in which to live by. And uh, those are actually broken up into even smaller principles like being clean and non-harming, just kind of living a, a kind and peaceful life as well. Where did your yoga journey start? How did you start on this journey? Yeah, so my yoga journey actually started in the summer of 2013. And I was in just such a dark, heavy place. I was dealing with some things that were not happy, unfortunately. And my my friend decided to take me to a hot yoga class, which I do not recommend for beginner yogis. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But my life was absolutely transformed from that first class. I felt so much love and light from that first class. And I knew that I wanted to be on this path, essentially. And uh, I've practiced for seven years now. I got my 200-hour teaching certification in March of 2017 after I finished my undergraduate degrees. And my teacher training as well completely changed my life. I was in Costa Rica with 24 other women, and it was just such a positive space. We all felt so supported to laugh and cry and sweat together and... It's just such a unique experience in my journey, and I absolutely cherish it. And I've since gone on to get another certification as well in restorative yoga. 
And I actually just signed up for another certification online for yin yoga. That's amazing. You mentioned the change you felt from that first class. And so what has kept you going on this journey from that first hot yoga class to getting two and soon to be three certifications? I think it's just such a gorgeous space to really be your authentic self in. There have been so many classes I've just started crying in because I, I needed to release something. And I think that for me has been such a big part of the yoga journey is the release and the calm. I often feel like time just stops when I'm on my mat just because I'm so present in my body and in the world. Can you tell me a little bit more about the changes that your practice has wrought in you just as a person, as a musician, as a teacher? Absolutely. So I feel like I'm a lot more calm. (laughs) It's a little bit easier to deal with the various stressors of life when I have a consistent yoga practice in my life. I mean, in that seven years, there's definitely been times where I didn't practice as much or times where I was practicing three to four times a day because I had nothing else to do. It's such a safe space to be in and to really feel your feelings and to build the trust in yourself. And I've had such awesome mentors and teachers in my classes as well that have helped provide that space as well as my fellow students and colleagues. So in addition to being deeply immersed in yoga, you're also a wonderful musician. I got to say my personal favorite, Yeji Baba. Oh, thank you. How do you notice your yoga practice and your music practice intertwining? I feel like they can't be separated at this point, (laughs) especially if I am in a lesson, I know I need to activate this musculature. So I'm able to quick do that. But as singers, you know, our bodies are our instruments. There's kind of no way to, to get around that. We can't just press a valve and something is fixed. So I think it's so important that we tune in and listen to what our bodies are telling us, whether it's our muscles are sore or We have some emotional stuff we need to deal with. A lot of people actually hold emotional tension in their hips. So if you have tight hips, that might be part of it. But in in my opinion, everything in the body is connected. And yoga is a a really amazing tool to kind of illuminate the areas where we need to to spend a little more time in healing or connecting. And uh, actually, for singers as well, another one of the limbs, eight limbs of yoga, is pranayama, which is known as breath work. And uh, as singers, of course, we often think of breath just as a tool to be successful, which it definitely is, because nothing, you know, we can't really do anything without breathing. But it's so much more than that. It's such a powerful tool to help us relax and to calm down and I often use meditation and breath work to drop into a character or to calm myself down before like a stressful audition or a performance. So it's just a great practice overall to stay focused and to be, you know, 100% present essentially. I can definitely see that when I see you performing, everything excess just drops away and you become the character and it's amazing. I want to be able to do that one day. (laughs) What are some areas you're still working on in your practice? There are so many areas I'm still working on in my practice. So there's things that are very like specific asana I want to work on. And there's things like releasing more and letting go and staying present. And I am such a all over the place kind of person sometimes. So learning actually is such a a valuable tool for me. And 
I will never stop learning about yoga and I, I will never stop learning about music either. But as far as my practice, right now I'm really focused on up-leveling in my inversions. So basically if you're inverted, your feet are above your head. So handstand has been like the ultimate challenge for the last couple years and I, I feel now I'm getting more comfortable balancing on my hands and letting things kind of be there. And then with the asana as well, I'm a reasonably bendy person. So I need to really bring some awareness to things that require flexibility. Being bendy, it really does have its own set of challenges because you can go further, but it's very easy to injure yourself. And we can prevent that by making sure we have proper alignment and are strengthening the correct muscles to help support the bend, essentially. And I would say those principles actually kind of manifest in my voice journey as well. I'm learning to balance air and pressure. And ultimately, I'm learning to trust my sound and my musical instincts. So much of balancing on your hands or even on your feet is about trusting yourself. And it's been a a challenge, but it's good to just drop in and trust that you're doing the right thing. One of the last things I've, or most recent things I should say, I've been working on is being patient. I'm not a patient person, but patience is so crucial when you have a fuller voice, or even if you don't, just allowing yourself to be present in this moment and know that you're growing in the right direction. And the same goes for yoga. If you don't have that full split, you can keep working at it and you'll get there. You just gotta be patient. That's such good advice. I I know for me, when I don't get something immediately, it's hard to keep pursuing it. Like for me, my high range is like, like once I get above an A, it's just, it's so difficult. And I'm the same way with like, I've been working on crow pose on and off for like the last four years, Mm -hmm. inconsistently. (laughs) So that's one of the differences between practicing yoga consistently and not. totally fine to to do what you can I mean there's no sense in putting pressure on yourself in that way it's it's starts to get silly like I I think it was in December I started a challenge to meditate every morning for like 30 days and I'm still on that vibe I mean there are a couple days in there that didn't quite make it but Mm-hmm. It's just kind of setting yourself up for success. So even if it's a 10-minute practice where you do a couple standing postures and then like a five minutes of asana, totally okay. That's something that's really important to learn in life. And I've I've learned it through yoga. It's like 10 minutes doing something important is so much better than not doing it at all. And that will get you, that will get you a long way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I find that in yoga and music as well, It's funny how people, or students, I should say, need permission to do some things sometimes in their physical body. Like you, you are allowed to sing that full voiced or you are allowed to try balancing on your hands or I very much am in the camp of if what I'm instructing as a voice or a voice teacher and a yoga teacher, if that's not working for your body, let's chat about it and find another option because it's it's your practice, not mine. We all are on such different journeys and they're all so gorgeous. Talking more about how your yoga and your music practices combine, what insights other than the one you just mentioned have teaching yoga brought into teaching music and teaching music brought into teaching yoga? I mean, it's all just so 
integrated. And I, I think a big one is we spent in, in both yoga and voice, we spend so much time focusing on alignment and pedagogy and being in the right shape all the time, making sure the hips are square and that there's a micro bend in the knee and, you know, making sure the larynx is seated low and that we're supporting through the ribs. But the idea is that we get these habits, at least how I see it, that we get these habits ingrained in our musculature, literally muscle memory. And then once we feel comfortable enough in that, that kind of goes to the back burner and we can dive deeper into the practice of yoga or deeper into the piece we're performing. And it just informs a whole nother level of creativity and awareness and just gorgeous stuff, essentially. It builds a really solid foundation. And then you can, once your foundation is solid, you can build so much more on it. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask, what are some recommendations you have for someone who is just getting into yoga? Absolutely. So I love the practice of yoga because the asana is very scalable. There's a class for everybody, every ability type, like truthfully, there's something out there for everybody. And there's so many wonderful resources on YouTube and there are so many teachers now with the pandemic especially that have online resources and online classes. But if you can get to an in-person class at some point, I highly recommend it. And ask your friends to come with you. Like I'm sure we all have friends who practice yoga and I'm sure they'd love to, to come with you and and definitely do some research on the different styles of yoga as well because there's so many different styles and teaching techniques and things and there's something out there for everybody, at least for the newbies for sure and for everybody, truthfully. For someone who's practiced for a while, there's still so many different places you can go. There's up levels for the different asana. You can make them more challenging or easier depending on the day. But you can also kind of tune into these small scale changes that will make large scale impacts in your practice. I find that even experienced practitioners can benefit from like really simple practices because there's nowhere to really hide, which is nice at times. It gets intense, of course. And I recommend looking for a deeper awareness in each pose and especially moving mindfully in transitions between poses. We often get so focused on warrior one, warrior two, extended side angle, reverse, and we forget about how we're moving in the in-between. And there's so much power and beauty in those little moments between. And the deepening of awareness as well can show up as breath. So I've noticed as a teacher that, and a practitioner, I should say, that people often hold their breath when they're in a challenging pose, like crow pose or a headstand or even if in like a, a split. But by focusing on your breath, you can actually tune in, relax any muscles that are gripping, and it releases that mental tension and allows you to kind of go wherever you need to go. So since you've gotten to practice that in your yoga, what impact has that had in your singing? It's been it's been really good. I think it's given me a lot more awareness of obviously my physical body, but my my mental state surrounding singing. I feel like I would get so worked up about outcomes and oh, I didn't sing as well as I did the other day or whatever, getting so focused on nitpicking at things that don't need to be nitpicked. So 
it's given me that acceptance to just be present, be okay with what I'm putting out into the world and kind of actually taking the performative aspect out of singing and making it a an opportunity for connection rather than showing off. I love that. It's it's something that I'm working on learning and I feel like it's making a huge difference in my practices as well. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any mental shifts like when you first started and now that have made a huge difference? I mentioned before that I have a rapid fire brain and it is so hard to get it to calm down and focus and not jump to the 50 different outcomes that I can emotionally plan for. Not great. <laughs> really not as like calm headspace to be in. So yoga has allowed me to kind of ease that tension, that mental tension, and drop into a more relaxed mental and emotional state and to focus on feeling more connected, whether that's in my physical body, lifting the pelvic floor, making sure the ribs are supported, or dropping deeper into the character, or even focusing on the connection with my colleagues on stage. It's really given me the power to be present and gain a new understanding of the music itself by feeling into the emotional body versus the mental body. Another really big one too, and I think there's this yoga teacher out there named Rachel Braven. She goes by Yoga Girl on social media. She's she's awesome. She's such a sweetheart. So she has this discussion about the inner best friend and the inner critic. And I think that knowledge, if there's any nuggets you can suss out from this podcast today, it is that. Because we all have these voices in our head that's, you know, be kind, be kind. And, oh, you didn't, that B flat was flat, frankly. You know, just not nice things, the inner critic has to say. So my yoga practice has allowed me to basically amplify that inner best friend, that kind voice, how you would want to speak to your colleagues and your, your friends after they have an awesome performance. And it's given me the power to kind of tell the, the inner critic when it's no longer needed. That's so powerful. Can you tell me, so we've talked about a lot about your yoga journey. Now, can you tell me a little bit more about your singing journey? Absolutely. So I actually went to undergrad when I was 17. I had just turned 17, probably a couple months before I left for college and had been studying some, you know, classical voice, but, you know, a young 17-year-old, you can't really guide them too far down one path, right? So I, I went to college. I bounced around a lot. I had three teachers in four years, learned a lot about what I needed and sometimes what I didn't need. And of course, I'm so grateful for those experiences. I would never want to drag anybody for that because they, they taught me about me, which I, I think is the goal at the end of the day but had kind of settled into this high mezzo-soprano fach, actually, and uh, towards the end of, of college. And then I took some time off. I did my, my yoga certification. I was still dealing with a messy, messy passaggio, just all the throat and tongue and jaw tension and you know, that there was a disconnect for sure. And after I came back from my yoga practice and my my certification rather, that's really when I started to feel where those disconnections were. 
and that awareness is kind of what has allowed everything to release and to settle and to calm down. And I'm sure time has helped a lot too. I'm 25 now and I, I feel like I'm starting to get a handle on, on what's going on. And I, I feel more a lot more confident in my voice now than I did then. And of course, it's a journey for all of us, no matter if you're singing or doing yoga or doing other things. And I just know that my vocal journey would not be the same if I didn't have my yoga practice. I'm sure it sounds like your journey had some ups and some downs. How did you how did you handle the, the hard parts? What did you tell yourself to get yourself through those hard parts of the journey? I mean, in college, there were definitely times of, oh, I'm a junior. I can't quit now. I'm so close to finishing this degree. And I, I was lucky because I also actually did um, a degree in environmental policy as well. So when I got too stressed out with music and singing and voice, I was able to completely mentally shift into environmental policy and talking about nature and you know, sustainable agriculture. And it was a great tool for me to be calm. It's a great idea if you want to learn how to manage your time. Because wow. <laughs> Again, just the, the calm and chill vibes of the yoga practice definitely helped. But there was definitely a lot of self-talk of like, hey, it's going to get better for you once things settle. It's going to be easier as you get older. And of course, finding such an amazing teacher or a teacher that you can authentically connect with and she, you know, they really know you always helps. I've been studying with my current teacher for three years now and it's it's been such a great journey and I'm looking forward to continuing to work with her and life is full of ups and downs and if we can stay grounded and be aware of what's going on around us, the easier it is to to get through things that may be challenging. Yes, so true. As someone who is currently like in more in the middle part of my journey, that's very it's encouraging and inspiring to hear. Sorry, are you studying with Kathy? I am with Kathy, yeah. I've been studying with Kathy actually since I came back from my teacher training. And uh, it was a hot mess at the beginning there, let me tell you that. <laughs> oh goodness. She would always like, she would always say that like my passage, like C to F, like full fourth, just, it was not, things were not working the way they should, but she would always say that it was like a fine, like chain of a necklace. Like it was just so, it took that little bit of manipulation and just that gentle, like release to try and get things untangled. And I feel like I'm almost there. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I feel like I'm I'm probably about 85 to 90%. Yeah. Things are untangling and they are. So that's great. Yeah, I I studied with Kathy for the first 2 years of my undergrad and I loved how much she integrated yoga into our studio lessons and taught me about anatomy and it just, it helped my understanding of my voice so much. Absolutely. And like being able to like think of vocal ped with yoga, like it's super cool. I'm hoping to do some classes at DU 
eventually for all of us. I know there was someone who was who was coming in for a while there, but you know, since I'm there. <laughs> for anyone who is wondering if they should take pedagogy or if they should learn about anatomy, yes. Yes, the answer is yes. Yes, so helpful. <laughs> Makes a night and day difference. Absolutely. And that just brings me back to thinking about like knowing about yoga and how we carry our emotion in our hips and how I tend to have really tight hips as well and a lot of like lower back pain and I was just thinking about like the psoas. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know, of course, with all the pandemic stuff, we're all sitting in chairs all day, Uh, especially I'm thinking of spring quarter, especially I feel like I was constantly seated in front of the computer and, uh, taking a sec to stretch out and, you know, stretch out the hip flexors and the psoas and IT band and low back, especially definitely important. Of course, too, as singers, so important to check in with the neck as well. I got one of these like standing, not standing desks, but like the risers. And so I'm like looking more straight on rather than down and it has changed the game. Oh my gosh. Cause you think about like when you're looking down, you're kind of crushing, crushing your instrument and then you're tired. And that's a great recommendation. Get a riser for your laptop if you're at home. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tips for, looks like the more online learning we're going to be doing for the next, who even knows how long. It, it's always a good time to start yoga and get deeper into the practice. But now is a really good time. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's, there's definitely... Especially when, once you start to get into unpacking emotional baggage, because it's kind of inevitable when you're, when you're practicing yoga, even if it's not total depth. It's just a little of like, hey, I was feeling sad today or, or something. And I, I know that now is kind of a time where you can't hide from those things, but it also means it's a great time to heal. Mm, so true. So from your experience, what, do you, what advice do you have for dealing with that emotional baggage in and out of the practice of both music and yoga? Awareness is such a big part of that. There were so many lessons, especially in my undergrad, where they were crying lessons. Like they just ended up being crying lessons. And so noticing when you're starting to get worked up, definitely important. Grounding into the breath is especially important when those things start to happen. You think you, when you're upset or you're crying, you're usually breathing in your chest. And that doesn't necessarily work for singing. We want that nice, low, deep breath. So taking a few moments just to get grounded, release. And then of course too, there's the other side of this, of if you're feeling something, you are allowed to express that too. I was in a master class in undergrad and I was just dealing with some pretty intense emotional tension essentially and I just started bawling at the end of my song in front of all of my colleagues and our guest our guest masterclass technician and while I was in the moment I was embarrassed about it just because you know it's it's hard to be that vulnerable in front of your colleagues It was also one of the most cathartic things I think I've ever experienced. And so now I think about master classes and singing in front of colleagues and 
and those kind of high pressure situations. And I'm not necessarily scared to be vulnerable and to be myself. And like, obviously my colleagues are looking on as, oh, that's Kim. But the other part of the emotional experience of singing, which I think is so important, and I think young singers always need to hear, is to figure out how you can connect emotionally with your character. How can you use that emotional experience to tap into a new experience, essentially? Yeah, so you you mentioned both, like, I guess, almost compartmentalization and integration. They're they're both important tools and they each have their own place. And I guess, I don't know, we mentioned earlier how students need permission to do things. And this is really important, permission to use each of those tools in its proper place. And there's so much, at least from what I've seen of, you know, being a young singer and talking to other young singers, there's so much fear surrounding the experience of singing. Like, you know, our knees are knocking and we're freaked out when we're singing in front of our colleagues. And I, I will always tell this, tell myself this, but everybody in that audience wants you to succeed. So why wouldn't you? They, we all want you to be good and to, to be heard and to sound great. And you do. So go for it. <laughs> yes. I always think about, too, and this is both yoga and music related, dealing with that fear requires taking a chance, right? Like we can't just sit in this kind of stagnant space. It's not necessarily an exciting performance and it's not necessarily an authentic practice in, in yoga and in voice, truthfully. I think of my, my early yoga days especially and my teachers would always instruct something new or show us a, a new pose I hadn't seen. And I got to be that person that would always try it and was like known for falling on my face or like if I fell out, like I made it work. And I think that is so important for singers of like, how can I spin my mistakes? How can I make it a comedic moment or a dramatic moment or an expressive tool? And to not be afraid to be our authentic selves on stage is such an important nugget to get out of essentially this conversation yes yes try the handstand and fall out of it and then do it again yes <laughs> <laughs> there's something so terrifying about i this is an experience that i know i have and that i have shared with others is that it's so terrifying to sometimes be your authentic self in singing in yoga but at the same time once it's done like once you've had the crying lesson, it's much better. And there's something that hooks up afterwards. Absolutely. So again, another permission slip. Absolutely. And we as, you know, emotional humans want to connect with the emotional humans that are on stage. We all want to be in this community of, of storytelling and feeling our feelings and all the good stuff. We've also, we've been there. Like, remember when you're on stage, we have, we've been there on stage and singing in front of your colleagues may be one of the most terrifying experiences of your life. Mm -hmm. But remember that no one else knows the struggle better. Oh, absolutely. And if you worry about things that your colleagues are saying, they're not saying them. 
they have they're experiencing the same exact things we are of did that sound okay ah, like ah. and if you can of course if you can connect through that and then of course heal and accept and release and channel that essentially emotional excitement into being excited about your character it makes it such a compelling performance and of course be aware and it's always a process we're never a finished product no and that's been such a huge part of yoga and singing and i think that's why i personally connect so much with the learning piece and wanting to teach as well and share knowledge and get new perspectives and research and read books and it's just never done so i may as well you know learn a ton about it i am absolutely fascinated by the fact that not only are you going to grad school you have two certifications and are pursuing a third and do you teach private voice lessons i do so you teach voice lessons as well so you are so deeply ingrained into being both a student and a teacher. Mm-hmm. So cool. Thank you so much for all of your insights, Kim. Is there anything else you wanted to add? So I definitely want to mention for all practitioners, all levels of, of yogis, to try different things and see what resonates with you, whether that's on the mat or off. At least in yoga, so many different styles resonate with me at different times. And I I started my practice in such a a hot, intense environment, but I've, and I love teaching and practicing that still, of course, but I've also been enjoying the slower practices of yin and restorative with these really long holds and supported and gentle and just integrating that kind of kindness in a different way. So if you can find all these ways these different avenues to bring awareness to your physical body, to your emotional and mental bodies as well, it'll really help you to slow down. And of course, with the pandemic, I'm not necessarily teaching in person, but I'm hoping that'll change. I'm hoping to start Zoom classes soon and maybe some small group classes. So podcast listeners, if you're curious about practicing with me, Follow me at Kim Stanish on Instagram, and I will be updating with a list of classes here in the next few weeks. Fantastic. And I, myself, will definitely be checking that out. Excellent. All right. All right, listeners, take a deep breath. Check your posture. Check your alignment. And thank you for listening to The Rose Room. Thank you for being here, Kim. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. That was our conversation with Kim Stanish. Thank you so much for joining us in our conversation about yoga and music. If you have any questions, suggestions, or would like to be featured on a future podcast, please contact us at lamontroseroom at gmail.com. Thanks.